Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Adam Tarno, joined as always by Todd Wagner. Hello, Adam. Hello, friends. All right, Todd, question today is this. What is one of the best ways to judge the health of a nation? Well, let's quote Gandhi. Not something we do often on Real Truth Real Quick, all right? <laughs> Gandhi said famously, it depends on who um, you go to to kind of capture this quote. He says, one of the best ways to judge the health of a nation is to see the way it treats its innocence or its weakest or its animals, which is interesting because he would kind of lump all those together. So I think, you know, um, in Proverbs chapter 12, uh, verse 10, it says, a righteous man has regard for the life of his beast, but the compassion of the wicked is cruel. And um, it's really interesting that um, William Wilberforce, who fought so harshly and uh, devotedly against slavery in England, was an individual that um, also fought for the ethical treatment of animals. Okay, he didn't take it so far as to say you shouldn't eat meat as PETA and others do, but he saw people that were cruel to their animals be just basically cruel people as well. And it was the um, objectification or the dehumanizing of people of African descent that allowed slavery to happen in America and in England. But um, James says something about this in James chapter 1, verse 27. Um, he says, pure and undefiled religion is what? It, it talks about that um, we should visit orphans and widows in their distress. Why? Because children, without parents who protect them, widows uh, who don't have family or a husband to protect them, are the most vulnerable amongst us. And so God says, one of the greatest marks that you're my people, that you're devoted to me, is that you're devoted to the least of these, yeah. right? We see that again even in the book of Matthew, um, where Jesus says, hey, the way you treated the naked and the hungry um, and those that are oppressed is the way you really feel about me. I mean, he makes that exceedingly clear. One of the reasons we're having this conversation is because what is going on in our country? Um, recently, um, our, our Senate, right, the governing, one of the two major governing bodies in, in the United States of America, um, debated whether or not there would be um, a law against um, killing children that survived a botched abortion. Right, the, the Born Alive Survivors Act is what it was called. They couldn't even get enough senators to bring it on the floor for a substantive debate. Only 53 um, of the 100 people representing us as a people um, felt like that was even something we should discuss, right? And I think the only way, Adam, to really um, explain what's going on is captured in a couple of verses that are also uh, in, in, our, in our scriptures. Um, in, in, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, it just talks about how um, people that are darkened in their understanding, uh, that are excluded from the life of God, and, and in other words, having a relationship with our compassionate, kind, loving, sovereign Lord and Creator, uh, it says because of the ignorance of their hearts that are in them, what they do is antithetical to, to life indeed and compassion and kindness. In Romans chapter 1, Paul is just talking about the declension of human society. And he says that although all of us know the ordinance of God, in other words, every single one of us knows innately it's wrong to mistreat orphans and widows. We know it's wrong to kill a cat and be abusive to an animal just because you can. That it's wrong to kill children, right? Ephanicide is wrong. And um, it says that, that even though we know that all of us innately, uh, that that's true. It says those who practice such things um, not only 
do the same, but they give hearty approval to others who do them. The, 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 what's called the pro-choice movement in our country for years hid behind science, saying, well, we're not really sure it's human life. Science makes it completely clear now that uh, human life is human life from the moment of fertilization. There's really no more debate about that. Um, and, and in fact, I would encourage folks to go watch and, and look at a simple way to respond to the pro-choice argument. There's, there's a simple way. We, we use the acronym SLED, yeah. where we talk about the size of something. Uh, doesn't make it human or not, right? We have small people and we have tall people. We have uh, zygotes and embryos and we have 46-year-olds. Right, and then so the level of development again, we would go right back to the exact same thing. Just because a two-year-old is not as developed as a fourteen-year-old doesn't mean we don't value the two-year-old's life. Right. right, the environment, whether you're uh, underwater or on land, you're still a human. Whether you're in the womb or out of the womb, you're still human. Right, and the degree of dependency. We would say some folks say, well, we should be able to uh, destroy a life because it's uh, dependent upon the mother for living. Well, so is a six-month-old. What's so amazing? Now, we see that this, this disregard for human life has nothing to do anymore with an argument from, from reason or science. There is just a hearty approval for what is unspeakable. The fact that our society no longer will give dignity to a child that survived an attempted murder of it in the mother's womb and some people say, well, we don't even need to approve the Born Alive Survivors Act because it, it doesn't happen, right? Um, well, according to the Centers for Disease Control, and um, there was 140 documented cases of that yeah. uh, over the last decade or so. And everybody acknowledges that number is way underreported. We know there are a lot of abortion survivors. If you've never done your due diligence, there are stories of, of children that were attempted uh, that the doctors attempted to abort them, that when they were out of the womb, the mother saw them and said, don't, don't destroy my child. And all we were saying today is, while we're still a country that allows abortion, even late-term abortions, if the child somehow survives that uh, horrendous act, that you've got to give that child the same care you would any other child. And I will tell you, it says a lot about the health of our nation when we go, no. We'll kill him. If you really want to be shocked at him, and I've told people this for a while, Dr. Peter Singer, who is a bioethicist, I think, or, or if, which is a misnomer, he's a, a professor of some regard from Princeton University. Um, he's been arguing for a long time that we should be able to kill children up to maybe two years of age. Right. And he's saying that's really consistent. That's the ethic that's consistent. And I'm telling you, that's where we're headed with this thing. I know that sounds crazy to people, but we've already now established that a child that survives an attempted abortion that is clearly alive and is viable, has no degree of dependency other than what any other child is born, who's not in the environment of a mother's womb, okay, uh, whose size is clearly that of a normal uh, child outside of the womb, that you can kill it if that's your wish and that's your will. So what's the path towards health? Yeah, the path towards health is um, the gospel. Yeah. If it's true that the reason that people can't see that this is a problem is because they're darkened in their understanding, um, I would say come to kindness and uh, prevailing truth is uh, the path towards health. A nation that is not well, that has an unhealthy view of the dignity of human life, needs the gospel. I know I needed it. and. Um, and it was the kindness of God that led me to repentance. So while we ought to continue to argue from a rational and a scientific level, at the end of the day, uh, we need to realize that um, the most powerful, transforming 
message in the world is the gospel and we should not be ashamed of it. I think when people get a right view of God, when the ignorance of who God is is no longer outside of them, when they start to acknowledge the ordinance of the God that created them, they will change their view um, on, on life. Um, and they'll be able to act in a way that is pure and undefiled. They'll care for the orphan, for the widow, for the child, for the animal completely differently. Awesome, great answer. We'll check those show notes out for a lot of great links and summaries of the principles that we just got done discussing. Thank you so much for watching and we'll talk to you again next week.